Still really hasn't sinked in yet. I'm looking at this course and I'm still thinking I have a couple more holes left to, to win and uh, can't really say anything else. You know, this one was for Seve. I know he, he was up there helping and help he did. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bunkered Golf Podcast in association with our good friends Callaway Golf. I'm not going to lie, this is probably going to be the best podcast we've ever done. <laughs> While we to start. I'm Bryce Ritchie. I am not your regular host. I know that will become apparent in the next few minutes because sitting across from me in the wrong desk is uh, Mr. Michael McCune. Who's back from somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> where do we want to begin? Listen, let's begin with the Masters. There's obviously going to be two parts to this podcast. The first part, we need to digest what happened in Georgia mm-hmm. and get our thoughts on that. I don't think we'll spend too much time on that because it happened practically last week. And during the Friday of Masters week, something like Bobby Jones would describe as momentous happened. And we want to delve into that in fantastic detail, <laughs> no, which, there'll be detail, which we will. So before we dive into that, let's get into the Masters. And I suppose I should introduce Michael back from Georgia. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Mr. Ritchie. I'm, I'm a bit concerned because usually I have all the the desk in front of me with the volume controls and the all that sort of stuff. Yes. And I, I own them. I have none of it. I put it all in your hands. So that's a little bit worrying for a start. I've got a blank desk in front of me. I have no notes. I am ready to absolutely wing this. Yes. <laughs> well, to be honest, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Very polished start. Thank you. Thank you. No editing. It's like catchphrase, except if I'm, who is it presented now? Stephen Mulhern. If they brought back Des Walker and put him in the chair, yeah. that's what you're like. So I'm like the older guy. Yeah, exactly. And you're like Stephen Mulhern. Just say what you see. Okay, no problem. Right. Well, first question from Augusta that we need to get deep into is on a level of one to 10, just how much of a dump was your hotel? <laughs> well, it was a Motel 6, and I think the 6 stands for its score out of 100, to be <laughs> honest. It, it was absolutely rotten. Listen, I'm not going to lie, and I'm very sorry to the good people at Motel 6 in Fort Gordon who work there, because I'm sure they're lovely people, but that... They're not, is, they're miserable. It's one of the worst places yeah, I've ever is. stayed. So I walk in, and it's all grimy. The floor is slimy. When I go in there and in your I room? Reala- yeah. yeah. And I realised it's because they've probably mopped every room with you know, the mop's dirty, basically, and they've not cleaned out the water or anything like that. So by the time they get to my that's room, nice. that's it's really... just filthy. Yeah. I got into the, the shower in the first morning and I nearly slipped in my arse because it was yeah. so slimy. Disgusting. Rotten. It stank of cigarette smoke, it stank of other smoke as well. It was just Blech. it's it's never a good way to start the week. And from there things can only get better. And boy, they did. (laughs) Yes, they did. Listen, there's no doubt about it. I I said this on Twitter. I thought we got a brilliant winner. Interesting, a few people said maybe it wasn't like a vintage Masters. I I thought it was a great Masters. I I thought it was a great Masters. Who was saying it wasn't a vintage Masters? The usuals. The usuals, yeah. Mm. I find it hard to believe that it wasn't a vintage Masters. I mean, what, what more do you want? You've got drama. You've got a fantastic champion who gets to world number one. You've got the romantic story of Seve Ballesteros' birthday and all that sort of stuff. You had weather delays, you had drama. I think when people say it wasn't a vintage Masters, 
that's possible because we didn't have the back nine drama that we've had in previous Masters. Yeah. We didn't have balls in the creek and, yeah. and 12 and well said. into 15. But that to me is absolutely a massive feather in the cap of John Ram. What you saw on Sunday was course management at its absolute finest. And I don't just mean the 18 holes of the final round. It was the 29 holes he played on Sunday. Barely put a foot wrong. I mean, a blunder maybe on nine in round three. And that was it. He was just a man in complete control of his game. He out alphaed the ultimate alpha in Brooks Kepka. He made him look like a wee boy, really. Yeah. He was just... We spoke about John Ram at the start of the year and said, what a start to the year he's made. Can he possibly win the Masters? It's a big ask. He delivered. He was absolutely phenomenal and a worthy champ. Yeah, without patting myself on the back, I picked him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's that... I believed him... <laughs> I, I believed that he would be the one that would go through and score well. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed from Ram that week is that he never lost his temper. No, he, he mentioned that. He didn't lose his temper. And I'm not saying he's got a temper problem, but we all know he's a... He runs hot. Yeah, he's a fiery guy. There was none of that. I thought he kept a really cool head. He had the look, I said on, on the, the preview pod, he looks like he believes he's the best and he wants to go and prove it. And he acted like that on mm -hmm. the Sunday. I, th I just thought the way he manoeuvred about the golf course, he had that air of confidence. Even the sensibility to not go for the green in two at 15, it's so tempting. How, how can you possibly put yourself in that spot off the tee and not want to go at the green? It goes in the face of all of your competitive instincts when you're that good of a player. Yeah. But he had the good sense to lay up and did he not get up and down for birdie or maybe mm -hmm. made, I think he did, didn't he, on yeah. 15? So he just managed that golf course so exceptionally well. And it's easy now to say with hindsight, we should have seen it coming. You know, six appearances in the Masters, four top tens. But they all have great records. And they all have the, great this, records. This is yeah. the thing about this is the thing, thing about top level golf now and male male golf is that you you can't sit there now and say that Rats Ram world number one. He's he's, he's the favourite for you. The PGA coming up. You know he's a favourite this week. It, it it's the game is not working like that now. No. You're going to go through phases. It's about what can you pick up when you. When you get a big win, what else can you do? You know, Scheffler didn't do much after his Masters win last year. That sounds mm -hmm, ridiculous, yeah. but but he could have won four, five, six times. So I think it's about what, what Ram, what Ram does himself, and the guys round about him, which we'll have to get into in mm -hmm. a bit of detail round about what they're going to do, because he's now got two majors. You know, there was a wee bit of like Ram when he won his U.S. Open. You know, he didn't win another one for a while. And uh, this is his second major championship. He's now, is it the fourth Spaniard? Fourth Spaniard to win the Masters. Now the, the Spain's now got the highest amount of green jackets in any other international country, which is just phenomenal. <laughs> but I think that, that there's now a realisation that to get to the top in golf, you've got to beat. You've got to be on it. Yeah. I mean, as we said before, if you're not on it at Augusta, you have no chance. He was on it for four days. I thought Ram was absolutely out of this world. I yeah. thought he was fantastic. And you're right, he didn't... There was no fireworks in that sense. There wasn't a specific moment. It's like we said, when you looked at Woods, when he, when Woods won it in 19, 
But can you point to a shot that he had that was, you know, you'll replay in years to come? No. No, not at all. No. The key moment for Woods in that final round in 2019 was when he hit the green on 12, when he put it into and the, stood the space there. that was 30 yards away. Yeah, and stood. His, his, his big yeah. moment was standing there yeah. watching the guy challenge him fall apart. That exactly. was his big moment. And yeah. so Ram, when he hit the green on 12, that's when I first thought, right, okay, he's good. For me, it was all about Ram staying dry because he yeah. wasn't making big mistakes. So if he keeps out of the water 12, 13, 15 and 16, I figured he's going to win this. Yeah. Now that's easier said than done. You know, Francesco Molinari on the back nine in 2019 when they made the turn, who thought he was going to stick it in the water twice? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's a big ask, but he was just in such complete control of his game. Everything about him was dialed in. And oh, the obvious question we always ask is, oh, well, what's he going to do next? You're quite right to say it's too simple to say he'll win the US. Yeah, PGA. nobody knows. Nobody there's, knows. There's no way to tell that. None whatsoever. What I would say is that when you talk about how many majors is he going to win total, he's only 28. You know, people forget it because he's got a beard and he looks like he's, an old man and it feels like he's been in around golf forever. terms, he's just hit his prime. Spot on. He's just hit his prime in golf terms. You win your most majors between the age of 28 and 33 or 34, yeah. something like that. So if he stays healthy, which is the other bit that we can't allow for, no. but if he stays healthy, maintains his form, doesn't do anything stupid, what are we talking? Six, seven? Yeah. Apart from the apart from the Thursday, I thought the, the, the course played pretty hard. I thought Thursday was fairly straightforward mm -hmm. in terms of scoring. The, the, the scores showed that. It was pretty yep. easy. After that, I thought the course sort of um, played with players' minds. You could see people coming up short and greens. They were all hitting three woods off the first. A lot of conservative play. Yeah, a lot of conservative play. It was colder. You know, the, the ball wasn't going as far. You know, I did laugh. You you probably wouldn't have seen this, but some of the US TV went in. Like, they spoke for an hour and a half about air density and how that would affect ball flight. They went into... The, Bryson is one of the guests. They went to Bryson, you know, the water and the ball and all this stuff and the contact with a putter and like, yeah. ridiculously over-analytical stuff. But they, there was no doubt that the ball wasn't going as far. No. Which I think messed with a few players' heads and I thought 13 was fantastic. Yeah. But we got a double benefit of 13. It was cold. The ball wasn't running as far. When it, when it was landing in the corner, it wasn't jumping up the fairway. It was getting stuck in that corner. I do wonder what 13 is going to be like on a really warm, hot Augusta. Yeah. Whether that changes things. But this year, Augusta, the Green Jackets must be laughing their heads off because they got what they wanted. They got a long golf course. They didn't rip it apart. And that bodes well for their future. 100% it does. They must be absolutely beside themselves with joy. And I can't blame them because they got they got everything that they could possibly have wanted. You know, they yeah. got a great winner. They got a little bit of the PGA Tour versus Live drama. They had past champions making a good run at it. They had guys like Jordan Spieth coming from behind on the Sunday. Phil Mickelson we'll need to talk about as well because what? <laughs> who saw that coming, truly? Who saw that performance from Phil? Let's, let's get to that. Shall we? I said on the preview that I didn't think any live golfer would do anything. Oh, here comes the I've humble got, pie. You got, you got, here's the <laughs> humble pie. Get me the spoon and I'll have some cream with it because you just got to hold your hands up and say you were wrong sometimes. And I know that Craig Connolly had a go at me on Twitter and said, you know, oh, you can't, they're still great players. Yeah, I, I never said they... Just to be clear, Craig, I never said they weren't great players. I didn't say that. What I did say was that I would find it very strange to go from these, I'm not saying they're pitch and putt courses, but these exhibition setups, only playing 54 holes, 
without that pressure to then walk into Augusta National and perform, turns out it really didn't make much difference. Made none at all. And I actually think they enjoyed the competitive element yeah. of Augusta because they've not been used to it. And I get that that knowledge from hindsight. I would not have thought of that <laughs> a week ago. But it turns yeah. out that, to me, that's 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 what it's got to be. I was not just stunned at Brooks Kepka because Brooks Kepka now he's got four majors. He's the male alpha. He's the man. He's very arrogant. What a player. Unbelievable ball striker. I mean, yeah, to get around Augusta, you have to be an unbelievable ball, ball striker. But I was utterly gobsmacked at Mickelson. Yeah, I he's think come we all were. His, from nowhere. It was, it was a real good throwback. It was actually, objectively, it was quite nice to see. You know, Phil's yeah. made a hell of a lot of mistakes in the last... Well, actually, let's go back to 2018. He had a bit of a Anis Horribilis back then when he just was doing all sorts of wild and weird stuff. I think we actually did a list of eight times Phil Mickelson made a complete <clears throat> of himself yeah. in 2018. Obviously, we then had the USPGA win in 2021. We thought that is such a brilliant, brilliant way to sign off his career at the top level. And then we had the events of Saudi and all the stuff that happened that is well documented. We don't need to go back into it. To me, it never sat right that that's how Phil Mickelson's career should end. And I'm not saying the Masters there was the end, far from it. I think he's still got lots of good golf left in him. It was instead just a nice reminder of this guy has been awesome for the last 30, 35 years. And for all the mistakes he's made, for all of his personal flaws, for all of the fig jamming that he's done, look at what he is capable of but at that, the age of 52. That, that's it. I've got some notes here that... I'll run through, which will paint a picture of where Mickelson was before he drove up Magnolia Lane on Monday. He did zero top 25s and three live events in 2023. He hadn't won a point. One top 10 on live in 2022. For his first four live events in 2022, he was in combined 28 over par. His last four PGA Tour starts before the Masters, I mean, obviously there's not very many and they go way mm. back, but he's a combined 26 over par. He's no longer registered as an active player in the PGA Tour website, which is just kind of weird when mm. you look at it, considering everything he's done. He sat in silence at the Champions Dinner in yeah, the corner. conflicting reports about that, Didn't see anything. Well, according to Fuzzy, he never said anything. And yeah. I thought, I thought Phil's demeanour, and I think his demeanour now, is weird. Yes. I know I'm not... 100%. I think he's healthy, but it, people are saying, no, he looks unwell. He's not. He's fit. He's working with a trainer, Sean... And he's, he's working to get healthy. He's even said that. Yeah. But so I think he's been fit and healthy. I think yeah. he's fit. Is he healthy? I'm not sure. I think he looks weird. I think he's, and I mean these manners, the way he speaks to people. You know, I, I, I thought it was a bit weird. He sat in the press conference with his live hat on, which is not really allowed. I, I just thought his whole persona is a bit strange. And then he comes out at the end and says, this doesn't feel like a fluke. Yeah, I mean, that is classic Phil, to be honest. He's, you've just read the numbers out. It's He might not think it's a fluke. It's the very definition It's the very definition because it's only not a fluke if he now goes on the tear that he says he thinks he's on the brink yeah. of. If that is a result in isolation and he doesn't now perform and live, if he misses the cut, for example, at the USPGA and the US Open, that is a fluke. At the moment, it looks like nothing but that. Weird is the word. I can't figure him out. I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever been able to figure out Phil Mickelson. I'm going to sound cruel and mean here. I've always found him a little bit 
as entertaining as he is, I've always found him a little bit disingenuous because yeah. I've heard the stories. Yeah. And where there's smoke. I know. So the the thumbs up, smiley, happy Phil, the goofy, clowny Phil, I've always thought was a bit of an act. Yeah. And what I'm seeing now, I still think is a bit of a, an act. I think he's trying to present himself as a bit of a martyr. Oh, woe is me. I've really suffered. And I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm saying he's playing yeah. up to the role. Because I don't really know who the real Phil Mickelson is. I know. I don't think anyone does. But I think someone who can't put themselves up as a martyr and, and certainly doesn't say woe is me is the man who pulled out of the, the Masters this year. Tiger mm. did not look good. If anyone's got the justification to stand there and say woe is me, it's Tiger. 100%. But he doesn't. He keeps coming back. He looked... Gubbed. Yeah. I, I thought that on, was it the Friday? I thought he just looked absolutely ruined. Yeah. That guy does not look healthy. He looked physically shattered. And I noticed his best pal in the telecast in the States said that... Um, was that Nota Begay? Nota Begay's yeah, best yeah. friend. He said that there's no way he's getting on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's not, not a chance. Sorry, Nota. He said that he wouldn't do well in, in the temperatures and the wet ground. And he was right. Yeah, spot on. But I don't think you need to be uh, an absolute rocket scientist to figure that out. You just have to look at the way Tiger has been, his mobility, how that's been any time that we've seen him since he returned at the Masters last year. He's not a well man. He is not a physically able man. I'm going to stop short of saying this, but he is basically playing golf with a disability. And I can hear people going, you can't say that. He absolutely is because he's not fully physically able. What was it Jason Day said? There was a screw that popped out of the skin at the PGA last year and he had to pull out. I'm so we, sure Tiger's not thanking Jason no, Day for I saying that. No, I that as well. That's another friendship that'll be cast aside. <laughs> but we did say, how long do you think he's going to go? He's going to continue. I think he's just going to keep going until 100% he's crawling he up in 18th. Because the guy has no quit in him whatsoever. Now, I know that sounds like a funny thing to say about a guy who just quit on the tournament. Consider the circumstances I don't think he could walk. He could not walk. Mm-hmm. And he's coming back the next day to play 29 holes. Joe LaCava said to, I think it was the New York Post at the start of last week, that his biggest fear was delays and Tiger yeah. having to play 29 holes. Yeah. His own caddy is saying, I don't think he's up to playing 29 holes in a day. And he was proven right. Yeah. What you can't ever take away from Tiger is that competitive fire. And as long as that burns, he is going to keep showing up. He truly... I firmly believe this, that he thinks in his heart of hearts, if I shop at Augusta, I've got, I've got a chance. Mm-hmm. For all that he's filled with different types of hardware, for all the bits that are missing in him, musculoskeletal wise, he still thinks that he can win those tournaments. As long as that remains the case, he's going to keep showing up. Yeah. Plus, he now has that other record to go for outright, yeah. which is the most consecutive cuts made on outright. It's tied 23rd with yeah. Fred Couples and Gary Player. Do not think for a second that Tiger doesn't want to have that on his own. Yeah. You listen to the Bunkered Golf Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. Part two is coming up. Don't worry. We're going to go there. I'm not even going to mention it yet. But we can't leave our Masters chat without without talking about one person that was on the tip of everybody's tongue in Europe <laughs> last year. And obviously in America, because he's a big deal in America. But listen, it wasn't a great week for Rory. <sighs> I'm not I'm not going to say I pat myself on the back again, but <laughs> I did say I didn't think he was fully in form. I no. don't believe you can show up at Augusta. Phil says otherwise. Brooks possibly says otherwise, even though he won. I don't think you can show up at Augusta without 
every bit of your game in some form and Rory just didn't have it. I thought Rory almost, it was a carbon copy of what he did at the players. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't at it. He wasn't at it at all. And I'm worried for Rory now because next time will be the 10th attempt he's made at completing the career Grand Slam. That golf course is in his head in a way that no other golf course is in no other golfer's head. I just don't think he has figured out how to, one, how to play it properly and put together four great scores because that's what it takes. Oh, I think he knows how to play it. I think he knows how to play it to a point, but to put together four great scores, he's not figured that out. Yeah. And it's, I think it has become a bigger and bigger problem for him. He's now tried every approach under the sun, whether it's reading those self-help books, help, help books, making gear changes like he did last year when he switched to a different ball after the Valero Texas Open. He's brought in Bob Rotella, who I thought had been brilliant for him and quietened in his mind. And then last week, what the hell? I mean, Rory has tried every single approach and nothing has worked. He tried another one this year. I do believe that he did the on-course commentary to show people how chilled he was. I believe that was what was yeah. behind that decision. It was, what a monumental mistake. I love Rory, as everyone who listens to this I love knows, Rory. But that was arrogance. Yeah. I don't know why he's allowing himself to be... And I, It was funny, he even made the point himself on the green. The interview went on too long, by the way, and the CBS guys should have a, a bit of reflection on, no matter how good the content was, we dragged it out a bit too long. But he was up on the green and he made the point of, yeah, I'm really delighted to be the first person to do this. Why? Why are you happy about that? It's not your job to benefit TV, Rory. Yeah. You benefit TV the most when you play your best. Uh -huh. That's what people are tuning in to see. People want to see you with a green jacket on, even those who don't. I thought the, the, the one thing is that they'll have gone to somebody else to do that. And we know they went, Max Homer did it. Yeah. And so they, they will have had maybe a few people you wonder whether other people turned that down before they got to Rory but yeah. I suspect they went straight to Rory first off and said are you up for this does Peak Tiger do that yeah no chance not a chance I mean the one thing about Rory is that it, it, he was the second longest in the first two days which shows that I've said this repeatedly Augusta will help you if you are long but it is not everything you need every part of your game at Augusta to work it's not they call it a bomber's course trust me it's not it's not it's not a bomber's course it suits a bomber who's got every other facet of their game in order it's the ultimate second shot golf course and that's why if you hit it long off the tee you're giving yourself an advantage over the field but you still need to capitalize on that advantage Rory, on the first day, I don't think played the par fives particularly well. When you compare no. that to how over Kepka the course of the four days, he was only four under over the par fives over the four days, and I think Ram was over seven the, over under. The two days, two, two days. Yeah. Sorry, he made two birdies in his second round, and he dropped five shots in his opening twelve holes. That's just not. It's nowhere near a green jacket. He was so far removed mm. from a green jacket. It's frightening. I wonder to what extent starting seven shots behind Victor Hovland as he did impacted him psychologically. He needs to be able to deal with that. The great players can deal with that. Mm -hmm. But you just wonder, he's like, oh God, he's seven under. Jesus, right? I really need to be aggressive. No, you don't. Really. You've you've had so long and not just a year to figure out a game plan. You have had multiple this, years. You got, so you've got to have it and stick to it. You've got to grind. That's one thing people have said about Rory that he's not particularly good at or doesn't have a great history with it is grinding. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, Ram started with a four putt. Now, 
That's the very definition of a grind. Yep. I put money in Ram. And I, I mean, I saw him four part, I thought, oh, but I knew it wasn't over. Yep. Now, if I'd put money in Rory and I saw Rory four part the first green, I know it's done. Yes. It, you almost know it's over. And that's a thing about Rory that you just cannot. I'm I'm hugely pa- I love Rory Macron. Mm-hmm. I'm hugely passionate about him. But there's just some part of his game that he needs to like just steady. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be steady and he needs to just, just put himself into position. And it, he was never anywhere near it. Never. Augusta. And the thing is, people will say, oh, it's just a bad week. It wasn't a bad week. It was an absolutely rotten week. It was a really, really, week. really bad week. And it's going to come up, it's going to pose him a lot more questions than I think he would want to have. Listen, I thought on Thursday he got off to the slow start that we said he couldn't get off to, couldn't afford to, but he wasn't out of it. Was he not like level par, I think? So seven shots behind. He can. He still has time to play himself back into the tournament. Friday was the single worst round of golf I've seen Rory McIlroy play. To shoot, what was it, 77? I, I, I just, I don't have answers. And I'm quite sure at this point neither does he because he didn't speak to the media afterwards. Which, listen, he's got previews for. That wasn't the first time he's done that. I thought it was poor form because I get he's disappointed, he's upset, but two minutes of your time, Rory. Mm-hmm. That's all anyone's asking because there's a lot of people invested in you. It's not about the guys that are filing against deadline. It's about the fans who are invested in you. Give them a window into what you're thinking just briefly. And he didn't. And now he's pulled out the RBC Heritage this week. I do not know where his head's at. No, not great. And Ram's playing. Ram's well. playing, yeah. He's now missed two elevated events, Rory, which is not a good sign. And it's not a it's not a good move for Jay Monaghan to have his star attraction miss two elevated events, especially one after the Masters, because there'll be a lot of talk on tour this week about that. So I think it's a Makes me a... wonder if Rory's making big decisions. And yeah. that's... By the way, that's just complete speculation on my part. Nothing to suggest that anything's going on, but given where he, he's he's had the highest highs and the lowest lows in the first three and a half months of this year, and that's not you know get winning the Dubai Desert Classic against Reed in the fashion that he did, getting to world number one, missing the cut at the players, looking like he's figured it out at the match play, should have won the match play, frankly, and yeah. then missing the cut. In the way that he did at the Masters, yeah. that boy is on the ultimate roller coaster, and no golfer wants to be on a roller coaster. No, listen, we're nine minutes over what I wanted to do okay. in the Masters. I'm sorry. Part two is coming right up. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great, but does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Bunkered Golf Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. I'm loving how you're getting the sponsor in there as well. I, know, I mean, it's I, almost I, like you're a seasoned pro at Listen, it's not a problem. For those that don't know, the attending media at Augusta National, every single name goes into a hat, as long as you put your name in the hat. We'll come to that later. You put your name in the hat, and he's, he's holding up the, the little ticket now. You were number... Number 19. 19. So... Your name goes into a hat, goes in a bowl on the front desk, and they choose, how many is it, 25, 26? 
I think it's 26, 40 times or something. I think it's 26. An Augusta National Golf Club pick 26 of those tags out of the bowl and every single name gets a tee time at Augusta National on the Monday. It is a huge moment in the the week of the Masters for selfish reasons, for very lucky journalists who are there and they are lucky to be there because it's it's one of the world's greatest sports events but to then get the opportunity to walk onto that stage the day after somebody's just been presented a green jacket is pretty special. I've had mixed feelings with the the ballot myself. <laughs> I remember one year I forgot to put my name how in the hat. How do you forget? Uh, Every not, time we I talk know, about it, I'm like, I how just, do you how forget? Did I forget. And then when they said the ballot has been done, my heart sank. Mm. And I, I, I'm not kidding. I was pretty much close to tears. Mm. So I realised I'd forgotten. But anyway, you know what? There's more important things in life. (laughs) But I'll be honest, there are not more important things in life if your name's in the hat because when your name comes out, you get to play Augusta. This year, the name Michael McEwen came out and I wasn't jealous, I was chuffed to bits. And the reason I was chuffed to bits is because I knew this was going to happen. You were going to be sitting in front of me and we were going to get to talk (laughs) about your round of golf at Augusta National. So... Where were you when you found out your name was on the screen? Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out we haven't discussed this at all. Yes, We've deliberately made sure we haven't really said anything about this whole thing to to keep the reactions fresh. I'm going to tell you stuff that is, I think, going to make you just go, holy shit. Right, because everyone said, how did he get on? How did he get on? And I just say, (laughs) I have no idea. He won't talk to me. So, So I found out. I was in the media centre, and you're quite right, they, they make the announcement on Friday afternoon, and I was on the phone, I was on FaceTime to my wife and wee girl. The time difference means there's a really small window when I can speak to, to my daughter when I'm away, and so I was on FaceTime upstairs in the media centre, but I could glance down the stairs, and I could see the big screen, and I was on the phone to them, my wife was going on about my mum and dad's upcoming 50th anniversary or something like that and I just glanced to my left looked at the screen and I saw media lottery results a whole list of names and there was mine it was the last one it's like Michael McEwen <laughs> were you last out of I, that? I think I might have been yeah and so <laughs> the best last place you'll ever have <laughs> <laughs> so Jules is going on about so what do you reckon and I, I honestly I'm, I'm going to put the bleep button over this maybe we'll see I just went holy fuck and I looked I was like and so Jules is panicking she's going what's happened have you been shot I'm "I'm playing the golf course on Monday I've I've been drawn and then we spoke for like another five minutes and I have no idea what we said and eventually I had to say to her look I'm really sorry my my head scrambled I I need to go for a drink I need to go and phone Bryce well I went for a pint (laughs) (laughs) so they they, they treat you very well at Augusta Uh, as everybody knows everything's laid on beautifully and they put on alcohol for media they've got this thing called crow's nest which is made by blue moon uh, which is a lager i like and they serve that from two o'clock onwards each day so i went straight over there got myself a a pint to settle the nerves because i was shaking i'm not gonna lie i was shaking all over and then i phoned you and you came on the phone you're like uh how are things Uh, what you up to i remember saying never mind what i'm up to today what am I doing on Monday? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and it was brilliant. It was a great phone call because you're right. It would be so easy to be jealous, but I could tell you were just 
made up and that made it so much better as well because we've worked together a long time neither of us has had the opportunity to do this we've had lots and lots of really cool experiences in this game yeah, yeah. but i think there was just a realization from both of us like this is just brilliant. this is cool this is yeah, really yeah. good fun brilliant so yeah after that i went back to my desk and tons of people working round about uh, ewan murray from the guardian behind me he's played the course so he was really chuffed our former boss, Martin Dempster, who's now at the Scotsman, he came over, you know, big squeeze of the shoulder, brilliant, chuffed a bits for you. He was oh, nice and brilliant, really happy, you like it. <laughs> and that, that was awesome as well. You know, lots of people then suddenly start messaging me. You tweet about it, my phone blows up. Surreal. But Genuinely surreal. That, that is surreal, but then there is a slight problem because you didn't bring clubs. Yes. And if you know where Augusta is, there aren't as a, like, yeah. a plethora of golf courses around you can just no. walk. There's no American golf. You know, there's no affordable <laughs> golf. Well, they just call it golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get clubs? Yeah, that was a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, because I... Let me rewind a little bit. So Friday, that announcement happens and things are gravy, but I knew the weather forecast wasn't great. So I'm trying to not get too carried away. That's right, yeah. Because I'm thinking, worst case scenario here, it could be a Monday finish. And I didn't know at this point what happened. Do they roll it over till Monday? Yeah, Do they allow that. you to come back? But they want to tell you. Or are you shit out of luck? You're out of luck, yeah. Turns out you're out of luck. Brutal. So I didn't know that at the time. You then had the trees fall a little bit later that afternoon and play gets called. At that point, there's still like half of the second round to be completed. And I know that time's tight at this point. So... I thought I'm just going to sit tight. I sounded out a few people about clubs, but I didn't go crazy because I was trying not to get my hopes too up. They were up, but I didn't want to get them too up. My hopes were gone when that tree fell. Yeah. Because nobody's saying when a tree falls in the forest, does it make a noise if there's no one there? But I thought if a tree falls at Augusta, does anyone get to play golf course on a Monday? That That's what felt I was like thinking. a big no. Yeah. Yeah. And... I could tell various people were nervous as well. You know, Augusta officials, who all the people behind the desk, they are, by the way, they are the loveliest people in the, the media centre. Yeah. And I could tell, even though they didn't want to see it, they're like, oh, you know, we'll see what happens. When somebody says, I'll see what happens, that That's means good. that thing you want to do is not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, it gets to Saturday. There was a lot of talk on Friday evening of, you know, there might not be any play at all on Saturday because the forecast is that bad. I was in the media centre early to watch the football anyway and when play started at 8 I thought okay we're back on track here this is looking good. I knew about Subair and I'd read a piece that Golf.com had done with uh, a superintendent, an anonymous superintendent saying we'll be fine. We'll be fine. The, the water, rainfall, that's not a problem for this golf course. Thunderstorms, that then became the biggest threat because there's a few of them in the forecast. Anyhow, Gets to Saturday lunchtime, it's raining, but I'm feeling a bit more confident. And I thought, if they just finish this round, worst case scenario, they can play 36 holes on Sunday. In my head, that's what I'm thinking. So they finish the round, they start the third, they get about, the leaders get about six holes in. And at that point, I jump in the car to go and get clubs. I'm trying to find this place, Bonaventure Golf, which is about 15 minutes from Augusta National. Ewan Murray had told me that's where he got his clubs from. Apparently you walk in, there's lots and lots of golf clubs there. The ones with the yellow ribbons, you can fill a bag with those and it's $40. Return them the next day, Bob's your uncle, easy. I get to Bonaventure Golf and as I walk in, 
I speak to the guy and I said, you know, I'm playing the course on Monday. I understand you guys hire clubs, blah, blah, blah. What do I need to do? And it's this old timer and he goes, well, I don't think we do that anymore. Oh, that's not what I want to hear, mate. I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's just hope you're just old and forgetful. <laughs> so he goes into the Get back office. Your son. He goes, <laughs> he goes into the back office of this just... Aladdin's cave of golf clubs. I can't even describe. Google it. There's pictures there. This place is clubs floor to ceiling. And so he goes into the back office, but they've got the TV on. And as he toddles away, I'm not making this up. Uh, horn goes off on the TV and plays called for the day. And at that point, my heart sinks. I know. Then he comes back out. He's like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. It sinks even further. Uh-huh. I mean, my, my heart's in my feet at this point. So I leave. And I go back to the golf course and I'm just staring into space for about half an hour. Because at that point, I think it's over. Your question was, where did I get golf clubs? So I still have to prepare for the best. You know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So I spoke to Melissa behind the main desk. I said, Bonaventure Golf, don't do the thing that you thought they do anymore. What can I do? So she suggested I try Augusta Country Club next door. Phone them. Nope. Sorry, we don't do that. Go away. <laughs> yeah, leave us. <laughs> Just go. Their security guard once told me to jog on once. <laughs> I'm not surprised someone did one look at you. So then I phoned another golf club in South Carolina, which sounds miles away, but it's, it's North not, Augusta. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. literally over the Savannah River. Yeah, yeah. It's about 20 minutes drive from Augusta. Phone up there, explained my predicament. I spoke to the Your head pro. predicament? I know, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I've got a predicament. Oh my God, what is it? Well, I'm playing the course, but maybe not. And I don't have clubs. So I spoke to the head pro there, a guy called Wayne. And I said, look, I'm running out of options here, Wayne. Basically, can you hire me a set of clubs? And Wayne said, if you got the money, we got the clubs. <laughs> I already <laughs> like Wayne. Like Wayne, you're my you're new favourite person. Wayne, we're friends. So that was all good. He said, show up tomorrow, $35, give you a set of clubs. Just leave your bank cards, return them after your round. And then it was just a waiting game. You know, am I going to get the chance to play? Hold, hold on. What clubs were they? They were very good. They were a full... So he had loads, to be fair to him. And he gave me a full set of Callaways. So I had an Epic Speed Driver, Fairway Wood and Hybrid. Had Maverick Irons, Jaws Wedges and an Odyssey two-ball putter. Absolutely winning. You tied it in with the podcast as well. What a I guy. Know. I like <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Wayne. So, by the way, the River Golf Club, I'm not just saying this because I told him I'd mention it. That looks immense. Yeah. If I ever go back to Augusta, sod national, I'm playing River go Golf Club instead. So, Sunday comes and goes. Nearly. Because jo- jo- <laughs> there is one thing there. Oh, God, there's something else. Yeah. I thought when they finished the the third round and they were back on track, I was comparing last year's tee times for the final round to this year's and I realised, okay, we're, we're level par here. Brilliant. And then Patrick Cantley decides taking an age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, shit, if there's a playoff, there's no daylight. They always play playoffs in the dark. Yeah. yeah like the, when the guy gets the, the green jacket ceremony, which isn't televised, it's always in the dark. Always in the dark. So, yeah. so I thought if this goes to a playoff, no dice. We had a mandatory meeting in, inter- in the interview room on Sunday at 10.30 with all the other lucky winners from the, the lottery where they spelled it out. They gave us a whole list of do's and don'ts. Mainly don'ts. And <laughs> Don't breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do as you're told was about the only do. But they were very nice about it. They just outlined what to expect. But the question came up. If 
there's a playoff and they have to come back tomorrow to finish, do we just start after the playoff? Does it roll to Tuesday? <laughs> true, true story. Who asked that question? I won't embarrass him. No way. True story. He's like, or does it roll to Tuesday? Or do we just get, you know, do we come back next year and we get to play it then? Or do we get to come back some point in the year if we're able? And they just said, no. No, I can't believe somebody asked that. It's like turning up in August. Hi, I'm here for my tea time. From there was April. a guy. There was a guy who asked. So tomorrow is it stroke play or match play? <laughs> for goodness sake! What colours so, are jacket? Yeah. So Monday comes. Mm-hmm. John Ram plays in in uh, daylight. Gets yep. his green jacket. Does his media. The world leaves Augusta National. Everyone goes back on with their, their normal lives, but yours gets a little bit better. It does. I woke up that morning and. One, I, I slept really well, which I was surprised by. Didn't get to bed till about half one or two in the morning by the time I finished up all the bits and pieces. Slept great, woke up early, checked out, and then I realised, oh my God, I'm going to play Augusta National. At that point, I think it really sank in. Did you have to drive up Manuela Lane? That's it. I've had some really good advice from Pete Finnan from Irish Golfer. He's played the course before. He sent me a text the night before and said, listen, you get an hour before your tea time and that's it and it's on my little card that says arrival time 10 20 yeah. tea time 11 20 you're not allowed to be early can't be early so he said don't waste time with breakfast have a breakfast before you go to make the most of the rest of the time that you've got so i went to waffle house in washington road sat there with my waffle my maple syrup and my coffee and i was just thinking this is this is this is just bizarre what what is it go- what is life at this point it gets to 10 past and I jump in my Jeep Wrangler. That was an experience in itself. And off I set, drove up and drove past the the water tower where the media entry is. Yep. Past the next lot and it says, look out for gate three. And as anyone who's been, and you'll know this perfectly well, you can drive past Magnolia Lane and not realise. Yep. I see the sign for gate three, turn right. And there it is, right in front of you, Magnolia Lane. The security guy waves me down and he said, uh, morning, sir, so what's your, your tea time? And I showed him the card and he said, oh, perfect, you're bang on time. I'm like, didn't think I was going to be late, did you? <laughs> Jesus. Damn right. Next thing I see, the bollards just go, mm, and really? it's like, I'm in. So then I'm driving up Magnolia Lane. You obviously have to go quite slow. And I had thought, am I going to play some song here, just make it extra special? I won't lie, I completely forgot. Yeah. So apologies to Sam from Twin Atlantic. We'd had a few texts back and forward that I'll play one of your songs, Sam, and I'll send you the message. I just, my, my head was all over the joint. And yeah, I'm driving up and I'm just chuckling away to myself. It's just brilliant. You've seen the video. All of you listening will have seen this clip a million times before of people driving up Magnolia Lane. It is so special. It's quite a long it. drive as well. Oh, jeez. It's longer than you think. It certainly is. Because you, so you went round Founders Circle and then you went into the car park behind no. the pro shop. No, I had to pull in right at the very front door. I pulled up the handbrake at the front door of the clubhouse and a valet took the car away. And you where's your, your, your clubs out or anything like that? The guy jumped in, grabbed them. So a guy, one guy emptied my uh, bag so another guy jumped I in i don't like that when they take your stuff because i've got my lenses so in the car and where's all my stuff so that's where like things that. get a bit dicey because i then had a slight panic we'll double back in a second but i had a slight panic about 
15 minutes before my tea time when I realised, oh shit, where's my shoes? <laughs> I thought, they're still in the fucking car. Surely not. So the guy had to go back, bring the car back around for me to check. And then I've gone, they're not in the car. In they must bag. be in my golf bag. And I just completely blacked out the fact that I'd put them in the pocket thinking that was the safest place to put them. So that was a little bit of a, a ropey start. But man, you go in the clubhouse and it's just so cool. Clubhouse is amazing. Small. Yeah. Really small, which I'm surprised by. And here is one of the first things I think is going to blow your mind that you didn't know about. Go in, welcome Mr. McEwen, blah, blah, blah. There's a little spiral staircase off to the right. You go up that take a left and you're in the champions locker room yeah so you get to use that the green jackets on display a guy walks in behind me carrying the trophy and i just went is that the one he's like that's a the one but this is the one that john ram got last night but it's like he's putting it back in the display case yeah brilliant Superb. so they randomly assign a locker to you in the champions locker room i'm looking around looking around then i see it michael McEwen. Savi Ballesteros. Oh, oh my God. Amazing. No way. Uh, true story. Oh, true cry. story. Honestly, actually, I, I feel a bit emotional oh, thinking about it because my, my dad loves Savi. I was born in 84. We all know what Savi did at St Andrews in 84. And it's just, it was like a big confluence of my entire golf life right then. Mum and Dad watching the Masters every year is why I am into golf. It's yeah, what yeah. got me started. It wasn't the Open. I'm not going to lie. It had nothing to do with the Open. It was the Masters every year. And I vividly remember just before we left Orkney in the summer of 96, Dad sat me down to watch that year's uh, Masters. And he says, uh, come and see this. This golf course is beautiful. It's beautiful. He used to rave about the azaleas. And he said, "And you should watch this because there's a guy here with a really funny name, but he's some player. It was obviously Tiger. And that was it. Like, since then, I've not missed, I, I don't think I've missed more than 10 minutes worth of Masters coverage. Brilliant. So you've got all that stuff, plus the Seve link, and I'm just standing looking at his locker. I must have stood there for 20 seconds or so, just, yeah, trying to compose myself. A bit like I am now, Jesus. Brilliant. It's just, how can you not be emotional when that happens? I know. That's just unreal. And the cool thing was phoning my dad and saying, Dad, I'm playing the golf course on Monday. Yeah. Of course, he was, he's 84 now, Dad, and he's like, oh, that's brilliant, son. It almost makes it worth while you're going over. Like, oh, yeah, yeah just, yeah, just about. a wee bit, yeah. <laughs> so then you went to the, tell me you went to the practice range. You must have hit balls because you've not hit a golf ball all year. <laughs> so that's a true story. I went into the shop first because. Right. Like, Pro you, shop. You can see listeners can't, but I'm wearing uh, an Augusta National Golf Club. The pro jumper. shop, not the, the, the pro shop. shop. Pro not shop. the merch shop. The merch shop will have been taken down, I suppose. Well, the yeah. insides will have been taken out. Yeah, the, the, the pro shop is really cool. It's very cool. It's, I mean, you'll have seen it before they, they banned media from going because I gather there was somebody who rather took the piss, bought, bought certain things and then sold them on eBay and then the media got... Is that to, right? Okay. Um, well, that's what I've heard is that somebody bought like the limited edition Scotty Cameron Masters putters. Oh yes, I and have then heard shifted that. them on yeah, eBay. Yeah, I've heard that, and I think that's why, or it certainly contributed to media not being allowed to go in there. So now that pro shop is off limits for everyone except players, and I think their families maybe yeah. have to select others during Masters week. So it's a bit of a privilege to get to go in it. I was scouring, looking for stuff that had the ANGC logo. I managed yeah. to find, I think, one of the few things. 
And then I went down to the range where I found A, my shoes, <laughs> B, my caddy. And at that point, I had 10 minutes until my tee time. So I hit two wedges, two seven irons, and those were the first balls I hit in 2023. <laughs> Ball funny. number five was my tee shot on one. You hit four balls on the range. <laughs> well, I hit them all so good. I was like, right, sod it, let's go. Yeah, oh, my God. You must have spent a lot of time in the bog upstairs in the clubhouse if you better like 10 minutes before your tea time. It's funny, I, I say that I spent 20 seconds looking at Seve's name on the plaque. I probably spent about Aye. 20 minutes. She hit four shots. Yeah, four shots. <laughs> Fucking hell. They were all no good way. though. It was like, well, the first wedge was a little bit chunky and I thought, okay, that's fine. I can live with that. Second one, perfect. Two seven irons that I, I flushed. Did you even go to the practice putting green? Nope. Walked you never passed it. You never had a practice putt? Didn't have a putt. For goodness sake. So who, what was your caddy's name? Caddy's name was Glenn. Lovely guy. Looked like Butch Harmon. Spoke like Butch Harmon. Really, really good bloke. So you're walking to the, you're walking to the first tee. You'll see, you meet your playing partners. That's a cool story in itself. Go for it. So one of my playing partners was a guy, Alex, from Getty Images. Another one was Zhang Zhu from China, who, who spoke sort of broken English. Lovely guy. Good player as well. And the fourth member of my group was Bob Casper, who has a radio show in the States. He is Billy Casper's son. Brilliant. Former Masters champion, Billy Casper. So I'm A, in the first instance, let's, let's try and give it some perspective, I am at the Masters and I do not take it lightly how much a privilege that is because the people listening to this, the number of them that have been there, single digit percentage. Yeah. It's like the most that will ever Absolutely, go, single yeah. digit percentage. Yeah. So that's great in itself. Then I'm playing the golf course and then I'm playing it with a past champion's son. Dreamland. Absolute dreamland. Get onto the first tee and those lovely people from behind the desk in the media centre that I was talking about they're all there. So handshakes and Are so on. Are they there to watch there How watching. many people? Oh, only about seven or so. Ooh. But it lent a little bit of yeah, yeah. anxiety to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not like a crowd at St Andrews. But so you're uh, off members' tees? Yes. Not the master's tees, which thank are, God. Which are considerably further forward. Oh, yes. And you can't see them on the, on the TV because you wouldn't know there was a tee. But all they exactly. do is just knock down a... So 6,300 and something yards versus 7,005. And that's a significant difference. Yes. So what club do you take out the bag for your first tee shot? Big dog. Big dog. Yeah. Fantastic. And what happened? <laughs> stood over the ball. I was second to go. Largely because I decided I was going to be second. I let and Bob I take it first. you're using the brand new stolen balls from the range. Practice balls or did you go and buy balls? I bought balls. You bought balls. Good I luck. bought some balls. Good ball. And... Man. Stood on the tee, let Bob go first, then I got up. And Bryce, I promise I'm not making this up. I absolutely creamed it. Leathered one down the first Augusta. I love it. No practice swing. My fifth ball of the year. <laughs> and I hit I hit this perfect high cut. So you've got the bunker up there, the fairway bunker on the right. On the right. Yep. I was to the left of that, just past it. Just past it. That is a good shot. It was unreal. I got a round of applause from those watching. Fantastic. What did you hit in? That's where things took a slight turn. So my caddy, Glenn, there was a bit of confusion because he asked me when we were walking up, do you want your yardages in metres or yards? And I, my head was all over the joint. You're like, anything? I think that's pretty much what I said. <laughs> so the number that he gave me, I recalculated it 
thinking that he'd given me it in meters because obviously I'm European and we're all the same to them. I recalculated it, but I remember pulling out an eight iron thinking, that's just way too much club, but fine, I'll, I'll trust it. And I blocked, I mean, it wasn't a good shot anyway, but I blocked it way right into the trees, never to be seen again. Really? <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I'm thinking, oh, it must just be because it's warm. <laughs> you know, the warmer air. Ah, air, air, air density yeah. makes a the air density. Yeah, I wish I'd watched that hour did, long chat. So, did you just drop one there or did you just walk up to the green? I walked up to the green because he's like, you might find it. I think he was just being nice, but I couldn't. So, we spent a couple of minutes looking for it. But at that point, I thought, I'm just going to drop it. It's fine. It's, it's really. I, I went into the day having not played a lot of golf, but equally, had I been playing, my, my goal was I had three goals. One, keep it dry on 12, two, keep it dry on 16, and three, just have fun. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but yeah. you probably only get one chance at doing this. No. So I'm not worried about score. If I'm keeping score, I'm keeping score great gravy. But I thought, I'm just going to enjoy this. Yeah. So he said, just have a chip if you want. So I chipped it. And I thought it was perfect and it rolled off the front edge. Yeah, I want to go there because we're not going to go through every hole. No, I know we will when we're off air. I don't (laughs) think think eventually people will tune out. But when you walk around the the first green at Augusta, you can. It's your first look at green. Nine's not the same. No, the first look, and you look at the green edges, and I I don't care what anyone says. Soon as you see that for the first time, it's mind blowing. Yeah, because there's no other golf course like it. It just looks unbelievable. So it doesn't surprise me that you chipped on, thought it was good, and it's off the green. I thought it's, it was honestly. I thought it was about two feet at most. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. It takes your breath away. So what is it like walking on the greens? Special. And I know that's not a great word, but they are both firm and soft at the same time. There was a lot of sand on them, I think, because a lot of people, certainly in the first one, a lot of people splashing out and, and yeah. so on. It felt like they'd been heavily sanded. Yeah, they are so unbelievably pure. It's just, it is hard to find the, the words to describe it because imagine if you could close your eyes and picture what the best possible putting surface would be, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I've putted on some great greens and we're laughing before we came on air because. Last night, I decided to try and come up with a bit of a list. Jet lag was keeping me awake of courses that I've played. And you look at that list, I've been so spoiled. Mm-hmm. Like, Royal this, Royal that, Adair mm-hmm. Manor, La Reserva, Valderrama, tons of just Skibo Castle, Kings Barnes, tons of great golf courses. Balfron. Balfron, obviously, the, the, the humble TPC. Spoiled beyond belief. Those greens... Night and day. Yeah, and they're, they're all, a totally different. They're all different. I, I remember playing the greens at the Grove, and I don't know if they've changed since then. But I remember I've never played greens like that at the Grove. I was like, these greens are weird. What are yeah. they, what a grass is this? Yeah, it's like putty. Yeah, I've never seen it in yeah. my life, and I wonder if that's what Augusta's like. A bit firmer than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, it's wrong to describe them as spongy because they weren't. But you know, you're walking on different grass that is maintained differently. And it's very hard to articulate what that is. Yeah. But you're aware through 
whatever it is, like proprioception or whatever surfers refer to, you're aware that there's something different. Different, yeah. And I know we, we, you've got pictures because you played with the guy from Getty who mm, took pictures yeah. of you. You're not allowed to share those pictures through Augusta Rules. We're not going to do that. But I've seen those pictures. And the cool thing is that there's no one else on the golf course. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing for me about playing Augusta. I don't want to play in front of like 40,000 people. I want to play it when it's just a golf course. Yeah. What's that like? I Very take it you realise it's really hilly. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, I, I promise I'm not shitting you when I say this. It is hillier than it looks on TV, <laughs> but it's also hillier than it looks outside the ropes. Yeah, imagine the Walking walk up, down the second and stuff like that. Down second pretty. is ridiculous. Up one, though, even when yeah. you come off the tee and you go down a little bit and then back up where the leaderboard is on the right. Yeah. I mean, I'm going, Jesus, uh. that's so steep. You can't see the top of the flag from the bottom of that crest. Uh-huh. And at that point, you go, oh, okay, this is really quite different. Playing it without people there, obviously, it's it's not as tight as it looks, but... You, you still you, fire you, one into hospitality <laughs> on one. <laughs> My name isn't Rory. <laughs> it's, it's still framed perfectly because the... I'll call them by their real name so as not to upset Augusta. I know a lot of people's toes will curl at this. The patrons frame the holes beautifully because uh-huh. of where they're directed and yeah. the flow of traffic. It's framed beautifully. Even without them, still framed spectacularly well. Maybe that's because in my mind I've seen a lot of those tee shots certainly on TV over the years and I just know roughly what it looks like and I can filter out the people. But it's it's big. It's... A huge, huge piece of land. But the thing I like about it is that every hole, it feels like you're playing A, on your own, that you don't really see other people, and B, that you're playing something completely distinct from the last hole. It's uh-huh. not, even though a lot of them run parallel, you're not really aware that they run and parallel. And it must be deadly quiet. because there's Apart oh. from birds, lots of bird noise, and I'll tell you, I said this to They must to Glenn, be real. Didn't see a single one. Yeah. I said that to, to Glenn, who, by the way, has, has the best nickname because it turns out, according to his fellow caddies, Glenn isn't exactly... doesn't hold up his end of the bargain when it comes to tending flags. Mm-hmm. So he's been nicknamed No Pin Glenn. No Pin <laughs> <laughs> So what did, what did you hit into four? Four, let me see. First part three, I hit a four iron through the back of the green, up in the, the ledge, so it wasn't lost. But I had a really steep shot down that hill. I putted off from off the green. No, I didn't. I, I chipped on, and then I two-putted. Now, we'll go through some other holes. Did you get a birdie at any time? No. No birdies? Okay, next question. Did you get a par at any time? Three. Three pars? Yes. Tell me the holes that you parred. Seven, eight, and 14. Part 14? Yeah, I had a great tee shot there. Had a seven iron in. So where John Ram was stymied, no, semi-stymied behind the tree, I was about six paces to the left of that on the fairway. That, by the way, is such an underrated hole. Yeah. Like, I didn't realise until I played it just how good it is. Not much off the tee. I don't think there are any bunkers, are there? Is that the one where there's no bunkers? But it's all about the green complex. I honestly, if I hadn't had a caddy there, I would have been hitting eight at most. Yeah, I hit a full seven and I was just through the back because you have to be up on that ledge where the pin was. Remember, it's Sunday pins. They didn't change the positions. Yeah, it's still Sunday it's pins. It's still Sunday yeah. pins. And 
I hit it just through the back. Had I hit an eight, I would have rolled back off the front edge and had about a 30-yard chip on. Yeah. What's 10 like? 10 is... Now, that's the only one I'd say where it's a bit like what you see on TV. There's not much new to know about 10. The only thing that really struck me was, yeah, okay, the members' tees are a good bit further on than the masters' tees, but where we are, it's like those cabins are to the left, and I'm not making this up. I have no idea how Rory managed to hit it into that area. Everyone says that. How did that ball end up there? It must be one of the worst golf shots yeah. he's ever hit. Certainly uh-huh. one of the most costly. And I'm not going to say who I spoke to afterwards, but I spoke to somebody within the tour circles and I said that same thing. I, I can't believe he hit it there. And they're like, there you go. Honestly, God knows how he put it there. Yeah. It must be the worst shot he's ever hit. Yeah. Where did you put your shot? Down the left, in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. It's the worst shot ever. I was in the trees. But I hit a nine iron out which I overcooked into the bunker. I then hit a wedge onto the back of the green and I two-putted. Hang on. No, I didn't. I hit my wedge long, chipped on, two-putt for a bogey. Right. 11. Brilliant hole. It is a great hole. From the championship tee right at the back, that is... A bit ridiculous from the back, I must say. unbelievable tee shot. It is. Because you're because they've changed that hole, obviously it's a bit trickier because yeah, yeah. people were bailing out right and stuff, and, and it's a bit blind. I mean, I think there's those new trees in yeah, there as well. Uh-huh. So it is a bit blind. You certainly don't see the green from from the tee, but in my head, I've hit that tee shot so many times, and yeah. I, I flushed it. The, that really surprised me though, because when you get up over the crest of the hill and you see the green, I couldn't believe the green was that close. Uh-huh. And two things: one, it was really close, and two, it looked tiny, tiny, uh-huh. like absolutely tiny and it's not it's not a small green yeah but it looks like that oh my word it messes with your head yeah and I think that's the point I remember like almost like when you walk down because I'm obviously not allowed to walk in the middle of the fairway or walk under that green unlike some people (laughs) but when I walked for the very first time in 2016 I walked to the right of that fairway almost like your breath gets taken away from you yes because you've got the 11th green and all you can see is the 12th green and the postcard at the back that must be amazing to stand on that 11th screen and just have a putt and then look around you and, and you know what's coming you yeah. must have been like your heart must be racing unbelievable when i finally got to the 11th green because it was there from the middle of the fairway at a nine iron and i hit my first and only shank of the day <laughs> almost onto the 12th tee Superb. then i duffed my chip leaving myself the larry mize chip uh-huh. which i Everyone knows where the, the flag towards is in 11. The uh, towards the water, yeah. Downhill, down grain, past the pin. I, I came up, I stopped just short of the water, past the flag, 20 feet or so, and I canned it for a bogey. Oh, <laughs> now, holding that putt, which was probably about the longest putt I hold all day, yes, it's for bogey, whatever. I do not give a shit. You hold a putt on 11 from any distance and you feel 10 feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Or in my case, 6 feet tall. And my head scrambled. Like I'm just, I'm all over the place, Bryce. And because I know a what's what I've just done, and then b what's coming next. Yeah. And you walk up to twelve. You turn around. There was a bit of a delay because I think obviously photos and everything from the group in front. Ah, <laughs> uh, you walk what on. Do you, what do I say? You walk onto the tee. What yardage did you have? One. 163 actual. 
Right. I think it was something like 155, but 163 adjusted to the flag. Right. Pull out seven iron. And like I said earlier, that was one of my goals, to just stay dry. Uh-huh. Bob goes first, just short of the green, rolls back into the water. Oh, really? Yeah. The wind, I'm not kidding because my caddy told me this, the wind changed direction three times in the two minutes we were waiting on the tee. Mm-hmm. Two or three minutes. And he said it's because it comes down 13 that way, it comes down 11 this way, it all converges, and then something weird happens up there and he's pointing above the green. So it's just, he says it's just a head scratcher. So I thought, well, all I can do is just go with the number I've got and commit. <laughs> I absolutely flushed it. <laughs> right over the top of the flag. And at one point when the caddies goes, that is going to be very close. It ended up just through the back of the green to the right of the bunker at the back. Yeah, yeah, I know where you are. So it's sitting down a little bit and just about the only rough in the property. You took the Molinari line but hit it properly. That's exactly it. Now, I've never hit a seven iron as far as I did that time. One, because I don't flush the ball very often. You know, when you've hit perfect contact, you don't really feel contact. Yeah. It was that. I couldn't have asked for better. But it must have been a bit of adrenaline as well. Mm-hmm. And to my dying day, I don't think I'm ever not going to not smile when I just picture that bit where you look up and you see the ball in mid-flight. You see the line that it's on. And it's it on is, it. It is right over the flag. It's perfect flight. It's not low. It's that high ball flight that I never get. And I'm looking at it, holding the pose. Guy Alex from Getty behind me taking pictures. And I'm just thinking, is this, is this real life? <laughs> what is going on right now? Brilliant. So made four from there, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I will take it all day long. It's better than Jordan <laughs> uh, in 2016. Over the bridge, pretty cool. Unreal, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I had a bit of a tear in my eyes as I was going over the bridge yeah, because yeah. You're, you're aware of just how special it is. You've seen all of the greats do it. You're so accustomed to that bridge. Even the fact it's astroturfed, I could not give a toss. And you also know how, of all the golfers in the world that have ever been, how few have done that walk. There are European tour players that have not walked in that bridge. European tour winners. European tour winners yeah. that have not walked in that bridge. Yep. Yeah. And that does go through Amazing. your head. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know me, I'm I can be an emotional person at the best of times, but yeah, I was I was obviously thinking about my wee girl, my wife, my dad, my mum, and you're just walking over that and you just think I am the luckiest bastard yeah, yeah. in the world. And on the green must be pretty yeah. cool to stand in the green. Oh, yeah. pretty, like, people are listening, go, what are you talking about standing the green? But I saw that it's, it's standing so cool, in the green yeah. must be amazing. It's it's amazing. It's it's really, really narrow front to back. Uh-huh. Like I how wasn't I'm a golf journalist and I've covered loads of masters tournaments, whether in person or on TV. I know it's a shallow green. But you can't imagine it until you sit on it. it. Yeah. At all. It's basically these two desks and maybe another half. That's it. Yeah. Unreal. And yeah. It was a bit sad, like the azaleas, funnily enough, the morning after the Masters, the petals had all fallen. Yeah, yeah. But so it wasn't quite as bright and as colourful as it had been for the tournament or maybe a week prior. Yeah, it was noticed as well. A few people had said that wasn't as pretty as mm. it had been for previous years. I think the rain had a bit to do with that yeah, as well. Yeah, it's to do with the temperature and stuff like that. That's just yeah. the way they the, the, the work. But 
obviously 13, yeah. new tee, new tee's 35 yards back. Yeah. You said you, the only thing you told yes. me before we came live was that you walked up that and they said it was quite an extensive walk to the back of the tee. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, it is only 35 yards, but it feels like a hell of, a, hell of a lot more. Yeah. And I stood there and I just drank it in. I mean, it's so cool. It's so pretty. It's so unbelievably quiet. Yeah. I know it backs onto Augusta Country Club and they're where I gather people playing there. You could have heard a pin drop. So where you were standing looking at the fairway, about 300 yards to your left is an estate. Yes. There are houses yeah. there. So people live. You, I, I always thought you could knock, it's maybe not even 300 yards, but you could knock a four iron, five iron, and be bouncing into their Easy. driveways. Easy. Yep. And I, I think when you're standing there, you just can't quite understand that. Totally. It's really weird. Yeah. I mean, it feels incredibly secluded, yeah. very quiet. It feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then when you see the, the footage, Eureka Earth, that Twitter account's done such a good job of showing people the context. When you look at those images again, you go, how could it be so quiet down there and, and so tranquil? But it is. It's terrifying from that back to you. And again, one of the things that struck me was, that's new. How many people have stood on that team? Yeah. So few. Yeah. You know, great masters. I mean, Nick Faldo's not stood there. It's in the hundreds. Yeah, exactly. We didn't play from there, obviously. We played from the yeah. front, just in front of the creek, which is long enough anyway. It's such, such a tough hole. So what did you do? Into the trees on the right, which wasn't block, what I wanted. Block it or straight? Block. Block. I didn't really have much of a shot out. And then so your first tee, so I'm barraging you with questions, but I just want to know. Well, so your first, are you are you firing down the middle of the fairway? Or are you firing towards the trees and you just blocked it a wee bit? I was trying to, I'm, I'm not a good enough player to whip it round. I can't hit a draw in command. So I was just thinking if I hit it straight, I might get really lucky and I've got a bit of time oh, yeah, on it. Because yeah, yeah. I've got a two-way miss. I'm that kind of yeah. golfer. So if I get the miss that I like, it's going to be really good. I certainly wasn't trying to take it tight to the creek because then if you do get that left side miss that you could have, it's gone forever. So I thought, let's just play percentages. But I had the other miss, so it went in the trees. I didn't have a shot. I then left myself. So my second shot, sorry, my third shot was what I would have wanted for my second shot. So I had to lay up there because I was too far back. And with my third, I hit a wedge on and turned it right round into the back left bunker right up at the top of it I had no shot it's just you look on tv and you think it's just sand how hard can it be and by the way the sand is incredible because it's so yeah. compacted that it's almost impossible to have a a bad lie out of it unless you're on a slope as i uh -huh. was there so downward slope downward slope yeah. hitting downhill down grain nasty runs away into the creek and at that point i went i was I, i'm not gonna lie at that point i'm starting to get worried about time because it was it slowed up really quickly and I thought, I need to go and return the clubs. I, well, I need to get changed. I need to return my clubs, which is the wrong direction from Atlantic yeah, Airport. Yeah, right, yes. And then I need to go and that's try right. and get through rush hour traffic through Augusta, because that's when I figured the time would be. I need to return the car to the rental place, which is 40 minutes from the yeah. terminal. I'm doing all this mental maths in my head. And I just thought, I'm good. Let's just move on to the next hole. As it turned out, I mean, that's one, two, three, four. I'd have been hitting my sixth. There's no reason yeah. I couldn't have got up and down for double or whatever it would have been. Yeah. But I just, my head was starting to race. My so, mind was racing. So you par 14, mm -hmm. 15. Yeah, amazing. Middle of the, did you tell me you just found the middle of the fairway off the tee? Blocked out behind the trees on the left. Sick. I know. 
Come I was, on. I, I thought I'm going to hit the same. I, I told myself I'm going to hit the same shot here as I hit on one with a little bit of cut. Yep. And it didn't cut. So my caddy said to me, do you know what to do here? Don't go back into the, the fairway and cut some yardage off. You can go over those trees. I'll give you your most lofted club and hit it as hard as you can over them. So I did. And that left me a layup from the front edge, again with a wedge, which bounced about a foot or two over the top of the flag and went off the back of the green by about this much. So right, about all right. a foot and a half. And chip back on, two putt for bogey. Brilliant. Now, as I'm chipping on, that's my fourth shot. The group in front <laughs> The group in front are playing sixteen. I almost died, Bryce, because boy in that group, I can't even describe it as a shank because that would be <laughs> being on, immensely I'm to, kind. I'm trying to get my bearings here. 16th green. Sorry, listeners, I'm getting out some bank cards. He's getting out of the display. bank cards. So First time he ever gets his bank card out. <laughs> there's the 15th green. There's the grandstand. That's right. And here, one credit card, is the 16th tee. That's right? right, I got you. I'm standing... Just in front of the grandstand off the back right edge. This ball goes whistling past my face by about a foot. And it clatters off the grandstand. Now, to call it a shank would be immensely kind. But I just heard this. Whoa! I thought, what's happened there? I, I have no idea. Hand on heart, I don't know who it was. But that was a bit of a hairy moment. Poor boy picked it up, obviously, because... Why would you attempt to embarrass yourself further? And as we go into the 16th green, me playing partners and four caddies were all laughing about it. And one of the caddies says, I mean, what, what did he even shout anyway? And this other caddy, I won't name him so I don't get him into trouble, but he was really funny. He went, I think he just shouted, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So... You 16. walk onto 16 and again, I'll put some perspective. When you stand, you can actually get, it's the closest you can get to any tee yeah. at Augusta for the full framing of the shot because you get to see the ball land and everything. It's, it's the coolest point and it's not a lot of people bother going behind 16 because it's a bit of a hassle. But getting behind 16, my perspective was that it's just, it's minute. The whole part of that is tiny. Yes. The green is tiny. The tea is small. Yeah. The water looks small, but on TV it looks quite sizable. Yeah, you could throw your golf ball onto that green. That's why. That's what that hole looks like. What club did you have in your hand? What was your yardage? My yardage was to the flag one five seven. I think it was. So you're hitting four iron. <laughs> Hit a seven again. Seven. Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I figured that was the right club. It was. Probably at least half a club too much, but coolest moment again. I did flush it just as I did on 12. It was the same kind of buttery contact that you barely feel in your fingers. And as it's heading towards the green, the caddies, all of them go, That's got a chance of going in. And it landed up in the top right edge where you're meant to land it on but Sunday. But it didn't come down. And it didn't move. Oh. And when we got up there, uh, my guy Glenn said, If that was. Half a foot to the left, he says, You're rolling by the hole. You're rolling by the hole, yeah. potentially in. Did you get down in two? I did not. That was my one and only three putt of the day. You three putted once? Three putted at once. 
That's because most of them were through the green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, real three putts don't count the ones where you're putting from off the green. So really? uh, I had one three putt, not a single four putt. Any five putts? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that was my only three putt of the day. So 17? 17, 17, let me see. What happened 17's there? a hard oh, tee shot. yeah, yeah, that's really hard. I hit it, I think we all hit it pretty close to the seventh green, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, it's a hard tee shot. You're tired by that point uh -huh. as well. It was really hot. And yeah, I'm at this point really worried about my flight time. What time was it? We were on for just over five and a half hours at that point. No, sorry, just over five hours. Five hours? Mm -hmm. That is quite slow. Taking pictures everywhere. It's currently just still in the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, had to recover out of the position there. Chipped on two putt for... Two putt for double, unfortunately. And then 18, you're worried, what you, so the members to you 18 is obviously a lot further forward. Oh, so you yeah. get to, can you fly the bunker or can you get just to the right of the well, bunker? Well, I didn't. <laughs> you went in the bunker? <laughs> no, I went, bunker. I went left uh, right. into the trees again. Wisdom style? Wisdom style. And this is where I'd made a promise to myself at the start of the round, pretty much when I got drawn, that even if I didn't go in the bunker on 18, I was going to be playing it at the bunker. I wanted to play Sandy's shot. Right. Because why wouldn't you? The only Scottish Masters champion there's ever been. You tell me I'm not going to try and recreate his most iconic yeah. shot. Of course I am. So picked up the ball and I threw it in the bunker and hit seven iron into the front right bunker. Right, okay. It's so tough. I mean, you get down in there and you realise the, all the camera shots are great or the footage of Sandy in 88 yeah. because they're framed that you can see everything. See, when you're in that bunker, you can't see anything. No, you can't see anything. And, and that's, the, that's the thing. I know we take the piss out of the hole. It's really, really hilly. Yeah. That, that hole is a, it's a weird looking hole. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's really straight. It's a climb. That is a climb. It's a tough, tough walk up there, no doubt. And it is really tight off the tee, unquestionably. And that's probably, I think it's probably the most intimidating tee shot because of just how tight it's framed. Yeah. But I, the only regret that I've got is that I didn't try to recreate Tiger's chip in 16. Yeah. I completely, See what it was like. completely blanked it and that, that'll annoy me. But I'd really wanted to try and recreate Sandy's shot and I'm, I'm glad I gave it a go. Brilliant. <laughs> so you walk off 18 and it's done. Yeah. And uh, shake partner's hands. What happens? Is it a case of do you go in for a drink? Or? So unfortunately, because of the time that we finished, uh, lunch was over. So you couldn't grab lunch there, but they said you're welcome to hang around and, you know, take more pictures and have a look at the place. <laughs> you're putting up a tent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The shop will be open for another half hour or so. Because remember, for them, it's just a, it's a normal working day. Yeah. It's their first working day after the Masters, so they want to get back to regular hours. They're not going to... Yes, they treat you like a member for the day, but so they've got their own Was time. it just the media or were they playing? Was there any corporate people playing or anything like that? Did you see yes, any other people teeing off when you came off 18? So no, there wasn't anyone teeing off, but they wouldn't have had time. I didn't hang around just because I knew I was tight for time. Honestly, I didn't want to. It had been the utter most perfect day until then. Why hang around and just get in the way? You didn't keep score? So if I'm giving myself double at the first, let's say, and double at the last, all told, okay, caveats put in place, 97. That's brilliant. I'm pretty chuffed with it. That is amazing. Now... 
any other time, if I was to play TPC in Shot 97, I would not be telling anyone about it. But consider rental clubs, consider where I was playing, consider the greens that I was playing on, I'll take that all yeah. day long. No, that's not bad. I know somebody that put a bet on with somebody in the on the caddy in the first tee to shoot better than 100 and shot in 99. He was a much better golfer than you. They say that if you can break 100 around Augusta you're National, well. you're doing really well. Yeah, yeah. And I will take it all day long. Yeah. The strength of it was, was my putting. I mean, yeah. as tough as the greens are, I had a guy there who was reading them and knew them inside out. So I just trusted him. Like, at one point he said, right, I want you to read this one. I can't was it? Five. He said, I want you to have a read of this and uh, tell me what you see. I said, well, to be honest, I think it's 60% shot to the hole, a uh, little bit right to left. He went, it's 110% that's left to right. <clears throat> and I swear to God, even, even as I'm standing over it, I'm going, there, I do not see that. I genuinely couldn't. What was the best thing about the golf course or the most surprising thing? What stood out for you? The most surprising thing about the golf course? That's a very good question. I suppose... The biggest surprise is that the holes that I wasn't that excited about, um, there's not a bad hole on the course. Oh, there's not. But the ones that I thought were the padding to the great holes, turns out they're great. Yeah. Like 14, for example. Yeah. Like, to a lesser extent, five. Wasn't, five's probably my least favourite hole in the course, but then you've got seven. Who in their right mind can tell you right now what seven looks I like? Know. My God, if you took seven off Augusta National and put it on any other course. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. See, I love five. I think the approach into five is absolutely mind-blowing. Mm. It's so cool, but it's just not talked about. No. So you get your, you get the valet to give you your car back and you have to, you have to leave. Hightail it, yeah. You have to leave. I'm a, I'm a must have sucked. It did, but again, I know this sounds immensely cheesy. You just, you are just overcome by like this feeling of gratitude because... You've done something that, in my heart of hearts, I never thought I was going to do. Yeah. Until last week. Now, this is the really funny part because I think I said this to you on the phone when I found out I was in. I didn't go and see the golf course at any point during Masters Week. Once the tournament starts, you don't really get the chance because you're covering it. You know, there's a lot happening. Yeah, you yeah. need to be at your desk, the nature of the job. That Quite right, do. too. <laughs> Drinking, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> but... Then the weather came in, and I knew the weather was coming in. I knew it was going to be wet. So the ideal time to go would be Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And previous two times I've gone, I've used Wednesday as that time. Par 3 tournament starts, everyone goes there. And you not saying you have the course to yourself, but comparatively speaking, you do. So Par 3 tournament starts on Wednesday. I went down to the shop to get a few bits and pieces. Similar idea. No one's The shop isn't as busy, so it's a good time to go. Came out of the shop and I thought, am I going to go for my walk now? And I promise you I'm not making this up. There was a voice in my head saying, ah, nah, you'll see it on Monday. There was something, and this isn't revisionist history, there was something in me that said, you're playing the golf course this mm -hmm. week. It's going to happen. No, I hope it happens. With conviction, it's going to happen. So I didn't see the course at all until I pegged it up on Monday. So as I'm driving away, all I can think is, how lucky am I? Like, genuinely, of all the golfers in the world, I just got to do that. It doesn't get better. No. 
Amazing. So we were meant to ask questions from you put a Q&A out on social <laughs> and I've I've just got too excited and, and, and asked a lot of the questions there anyway. But I'll run a few. Go for it. Past you. So uh, Joe Kane said, I think the most intriguing part of Augusta is the Greens within Greens model that makes picking lines an interesting challenge. What did you learn in the picking of lines and the execution of approaches that would enable you to reduce risk next time? So quite, <laughs> a, quite a complex question, but quite a clever question. Because yeah, it is that question. type of like, where, where do you go? I'm thinking five because you're hitting into that green. There's like two greens you're hitting at. What's what's that experience like when you're trying to work out what to do? Yeah. So a couple of things. That's a brilliant question. First thing is next time, there's not going to be a next time. I'm now barred from entering that media For seven years. Seven years. I know somebody's played it twice. Well, this is the thing. I stand to correct myself in, you know, seven years' time, but I don't think I'll enter again because how could it possibly be better second time? Yeah. You know, I've got perfect memories that I do not need to embellish or sully in any way. Somebody else can have a go and I hope they have just the best time. Brilliant. In terms of picking lines, what did I learn? I learned that Honestly, heart of the green is never, ever yeah. a bad option. Mm. Yes, you might leave yourself above or below flags, but if you're in the heart of the green, you've got a fighting chance. You better been off the edge of the green. Yes. Uh, our good pal JD, taking the history of each one out of the equation, what is the best hole to play? I genuinely don't see how anybody could say they wouldn't want to stand on 12 and hit ball after yeah. ball. I could hit tee shots on 12 every day for the rest of my days. Ben Simister, when when were you more nervous? First tee at St Andrews or first tee at Augusta? First tee at St Andrews, 100%. I didn't feel really nerves at Augusta. Do you know why? Because there's public watching you. Yeah, St Andrews is different. St Andrews is... The first at St Andrews has history all around you that Augusta National doesn't have. It's just the first tee shot. Everyone is familiar with the tee shot on St Andrews. Plus, it's the widest fairway in golf. You shouldn't miss it. There is pressure there, unlike anywhere else. Augusta, I was just giddy to get going, man. Brilliant. Mackin, what hole was the most different from how it looks on TV? 11, without shadow of a doubt. The tee shot, not so much, because the camera doesn't lie. But... When you get up to your ball and you look at what you've got coming, <laughs> night and day. I've just seen the next question. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Mark Maxwell. Mark, I'm going to send you some Callaway balls for this question. <laughs> oh, no. You've just won that. A few podcasts ago, Bryce asked you what you would pay to oh! play around at Augusta <laughs> on the basis you'd never played it before. And I think you answered 2,500. Actually, from the start, you answered 2,000 pounds. Yes. Having now played the course, if you could go back in time, how would you answer that question now? I wouldn't pay a penny because I played it for free on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't pay money? I would pay money, yeah. How much money would you pay? Two and a half thousand pounds. I'm a man of principle. Oh Listen, word. it's worth however much you think it's worth though. And yeah. I will, I'll stand by this. See if you think it's that you want to pay 10 grand and you're happy paying it, it is worth 10,000 pounds. If you want to pay 20 grand and you think it's worth it, it will be worth that 20. You will not feel shortchanged by that golf course. You will pay what you think it's worth and it will exceed your expectations. That's what it is because it's just, uh, it's in your head what you would be prepared to let go of in order to have that experience. That's exactly right. You do not walk off there feeling shortchanged. I say that as somebody who didn't part with cash, obviously. Yes, at the merch but shop. But yeah. yeah. I, 
Brilliant. It's 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 more than a golf course, which again sounds cheesy. I'm well aware that this podcast should be sponsored by Edam or Kraft or something like that, but Brilliant. it is more than the golf course. It's the experience, and it's an experience genuinely. I don't think I'm going to get again. And honestly, I I promise you this with sincerity. I'm not sure I want it again. It's it's there. I've done it. It's fine. I'll take it instead. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like it's it exists now in my mind as a perfect experience. Yeah. Why would I want anything else? Brilliant. So it's worth whatever you think it's worth. Superb. Listen, I've loved listening to everything you've said. You've described. We've gone way I over. I remember think thinking how long we, this is. we were on the. Uh, I think we were on the third hole, and we've been speaking for about forty-five minutes. It's now an hour and a half, so I think it's time to call it. <laughs> I know Tell you what, though, those questions, I know that lots of questions were asked. I'll do a follow-up Q&A on the website. Yeah. How about that? And I know that we, we haven't really gone deep into the Masters, but what's done is done. <laughs> uh, we've, I've found this to be really much more fun than, than delving back into an event that happened five days ago. Certainly so, more fun than picking apart Rory's performance. Absolutely. So we'll be back to our normal format mm-hmm. next week uh, where you will be in hosting duties. We'll bring back per. Podder then and then you can have your we'll moment. We'll bring back the Podder of Merit and then I will uh, bask in the glory of uh, my successes. But And I shouldn't say this, by the way, because I've not done it yet, but it's happening very soon. We've got a very, very big interview on the next episode that Excellent. you will not want to miss, trust me. Excellent. It's so, the one you've all been asking for. So that was that. That was your experience of playing Augusta National. I, I would I would lie. I would be lying if I said I wasn't jealous. I was jealous. Let's be honest here. You wouldn't be but, human if you weren't. No, but I've loved every minute of listening to, to you explain what it was like. I can Thank see you. I wish you could see his face. It's just <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And can I just quickly say sorry to interrupt because I know you're trying to get to the finish and you're not used to doing this part in the sign off. And I keep buttoning. Stuff it. Can I just very quickly say thank you to every single person who got in touch and yeah. wished me well. I had DMs from people I've never heard of. I had DMs from people who listened to the podcast. One that stands out, somebody said that you're living every golfer's dream. Yeah. So go and enjoy it. So thank you, everybody who got in touch. It really does mean a lot. Yeah. Honestly, you, you almost had me at Seve's Locker. <laughs> Nearly greeting. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Michael, thank you for that. Pleasure. More so, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you to Calorie Golf. We will be back next week. Until then, have a great one. <laughs>